episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com. Okay. Welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Rhea. We're real estate agents in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we work for Peak Properties. And we bring you real estate stories that will make you um, laugh, inspire you, cringe, maybe cry. We put the real in real estate. Yes. And we got our tagline from our guest today. Oh, we did? Yes. I didn't know that. Surprise. Awesome. I can't wait to hear about it. We, um, when we started the podcast, we put on Facebook and said, does anyone have any um, suggestions on, you know, for the podcast, like tagline? And Christina came up with ours, and that's the one we picked. We let people vote, and everyone voted for it. So I would like to introduce Christina Berta, and I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your family, um, what you do for a living, how long you've lived in Cheyenne. Yeah. So um, I've lived in Cheyenne since 1987, which feels like a very long time now. And we moved here with the Air Force. My dad was in the Air Force. And I went away for school, and I was certain when I was at the University of Wyoming that there was not a chance I would come back to Cheyenne, Wyoming. That everyone, I think if you're a kid here and you get raised here, you think you're getting the heck mm-hmm. out of town. Yep. Um, and so I got my degree in civil engineering, and I wasn't really thinking about where I was going next. And my grandmother was living here in town, and she was living with my parents, and she ended up getting cancer. And so I decided to move back when I graduated to help with her. And that was 21 years ago now. (laughs) So uh, I have a husband and a son who's a senior at Central High School. And I work for the Wyoming Department of Transportation, where I oversee a whole bunch of nerds. So Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what is your favorite thing about Cheyenne? Since you've been here for so long and you got sucked back in. Well, and I've totally had a friend call me a townie. And so, um, and in fact, it is kind of difficult when your friends leave and go to all these other places and they look at you as you're still in Cheyenne. And I had a friend say, well, I know you're all rah-rah Cheyenne. And I was like, is this an insult? Are you insulting me? But it is absolutely one of those things where... Um, What I have said before is I like Cheyenne. It's where I keep all my friends. And it's everywhere. It's all of the people I know. I know where I'm going when I need something. And it is a lot of really good people. I think about when when something uh, tragic happens that everyone's right there. And because it's still a pretty small town Mm -hmm. that... If you don't know that person personally, you probably know someone that does. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's huge. I I frequently joke when people are looking at moving to Wyoming and they're they're coming from larger towns, they kind of do the like, well, I said, well, we have a Target, and <laughs> I say the same thing. <laughs> and and there's so many people from from away that will do the, oh yes, that's the height of shopping. I said, you don't understand. We're one of now three places in the mm-hmm. state with a target. So, yes. um, but it is, it is one of those things where 
yeah, I, I like the people that I get to interact with. I like the opportunities that are here in terms of the restaurants we have and obviously the great gym we go to that I don't have to, I don't have to look for many different options. I have a lot of really good options here. So yeah. it's comfortable. It's I really agree. Comfortable. So when you, when, tell us a little bit about when you moved back here after college, like, did you rent? Did you buy a house? Did you get married? Like, how did that go? I, um, I rented. I feel like when I moved back to Cheyenne, I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> full disclosure when you imagine that you're going to go do great things moving back to Cheyenne was hard for me and part of the problem was is that everyone who goes away for college rarely comes back to Cheyenne so your friends that were in college aren't there and yep. your friends that stayed here aren't were just in everyone was in a different part of life that they had had jobs mm-hmm. and a lot of them were married and had kids already and so I rented an apartment and part of the the difficult thing about moving back to Cheyenne is that because we have an Air Force base we're lucky enough to have an Air Force base that's a whole bunch of people with a lot of money for rent so mm-hmm. my original salary when I moved back here was just shy of two thousand dollars a month and my rent was six hundred dollars a month oh goodness and yeah. so I I still remember going to there was a Safeway in the Cole shopping center which is now where blue federal credit union is and I put all of my food on the belt and I had to put back macaroni and cheese because I could not afford all of the stuff that went with it and I was like okay well we're putting this back and I'll come back for it so it was it was so difficult I think Mm -hmm. moving back here Mm -hmm. and renting and because we had been Air Force my parents didn't buy a house until I was in sixth grade and that it was a huge thing and it was even one of those things where um, they were not able to afford that on their own that my grandmother helped mm-hmm. them out with making that purchase so in my mind um, buying a house was something you did later, later. Uh-huh. and so I I was renting and I ended up meeting my husband uh, at work uh, we always one of those things where um, YDOT makes roads and they also make marriages every once in a while. <laughs> so um, does he work there still? <clears throat> no, no, he works for the city. So okay. yeah, we're both engineers and uh, we got engaged and then immediately I was like, we have to buy a house. And this was 2004 and it was kind of the height of bad mortgages. Yes. If we're just being really honest. Yep. And, but everyone was buying a house because everybody could buy buy a a house, house, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we, we started looking. I actually, um, I fell in love with a house (coughs) on Russell that is, I think it's a two or three story brick home that I loved and I wanted to live there. And now's where I'm going to seem really old because I'm going to talk about house prices in 2004, right? So it was, it was $225,000. It was so expensive. (laughs) Right. And I looked in and I was like, I think I want to try and buy this house. And so I went home and that's, that house is what sparked us to start looking and I do think that happens for a lot of people. You fall in love with one house and then you're like, I need to buy a house. I need a house. Yes. And yes. everyone else is buying a house. So um, yep. I'm going to go for it's time. it. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely one of those things where uh, we decided uh, to get pre-qualified. And I will tell you that um, two people who are just 
single digit years into their careers do not qualify for a $225,000 home, even though it was subprime sure. era, right? So we, um, we got pre-approved for $175,000. And so Dream House was, was off the table, but then we started the house buying experience. But was, it didn't stop you from looking no, still. No. Good for you. Yep. So <clears throat> I, this is where I have to admit, so because it was 2004, right, um, I still had dial-up internet, um, I would get, I, I work in a very male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a subscription to Maxim Magazine, which is going to seem so ridiculous, and it, it, this, it wasn't for the pictures, it was for the articles, but <laughs> I will share, that's what yeah, they all that's what say. They all say. Right? <laughs> but I will tell you that Maxim Magazine in 2004 had an article about mortgages, and it said that's to- crazy. It said to avoid Avoid the adjustable rate mortgage. You don't want to do that. You're not going to be able to, you're going to get hit with that payment. And so I feel like I also would get glamour and glamour was not touching what? On mortgages. On mortgages, <laughs> right? And that's such a, such a disconnect, right? It was the men's magazine was the one that, that had my back. So I was very much so like, I knew what kind of mortgage I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted in a house, but I knew, I knew what I wanted the mortgage to be. So we started looking, um, it, it worked out that our a uh, woman down the hallway who was still working for YDOT had also gotten her real estate license. And so she was selling houses. She's now a full-time realtor here sure. in town. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I, that was such a crazy journey because you're, you're buying the biggest thing in your life. Yes. yes. And you're putting all this trust into this person to help you in that process of this is the biggest thing I'm purchasing. And I have to admit there was a point where um, we were very upfront with her of what we wanted. Um, We knew we wanted two bathrooms. Um, I did not want new built. So because I'd been a military kid, we Mm -hmm. had lived on base where all of the houses are the same. Sure. And so I absolutely did not want to live in a house where I knew that next door was the exact same thing. I knew what their, yeah. where their bedrooms were, yeah. all of that good yeah. stuff. So that's a good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, there was a point she took us out to a development that she was tied to. Yep. And I nearly, I nearly had a moment where I'm like, nope, we're done. I don't want to do this. Cause I'm like, is this the, this can't be the, the only, only thing house. available. Yeah. 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 So, um, we saw a lot of houses and we saw a lot of when um, 175 wasn't terrible in Cheyenne at that mm-hmm. time, um, but it also wasn't huge. There, my huge, sure. my dream home was gone. Yeah. And we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of Cheyenne homes have hidden secrets is what it feels like. Yes. Cause they're all, a lot of them are a lot older homes. Yes. And I, I Sorry to interrupt you, but yes, no. I completely agree and understand. This yes. is absolutely, we saw a house on Pershing that is beautiful from the outside and we walk in and it's got built-in art lights and I mean, it's just a beautiful brick avenues home. And then we go to the basement and if we were super into murdering people, I think it would have been the perfect <laughs> house for us because that basement, we walked into it and it was not okay and it had a Pittsburgh toilet, which... Um, it's the, uh, sorry, that's not a common term. So um, it, there was just a toilet on its own in the basement. And uh, so yeah. it, it was common in in Pittsburgh that you had 
your bonus toilet that was just next to where the laundry was because there was plumbing for it. And I was like, no. Oh, and there was creepy. Yeah. It was so creepy. It was so dark. It was... There's a few basements like that in this town for sure. Yeah, uh, we, we joke, joke a lot it. about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. We joke about it. Like, Do you go into basements? <laughs> like somebody get murdered here. I mean, even our studios in the basement here, we've joked about people come down to the basement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's, um, it is one of those things where I, because I'd lived in Cheyenne, I had some things that I knew I didn't want to, mm-hmm. I, certain areas flood. Yeah. You, oh. yeah, you had more knowledge of Cheyenne cause you'd lived here. Yeah. So we absolutely, um, we had some, some things that were cut off and some things that we kept going for and mm-hmm. it is, and it feels like you visit every home in Cheyenne and I'm sure for you guys, it feels like you are absolutely taking taking people to every house yes sometimes yeah (laughs) I walk in houses and I seriously will be like I've been here before and sometimes I don't know until a little bit into the showing like I'll Mm -hmm. be like I swear I've been here sometimes I have to look it up to see if it's been on the market before or like you know you're similar floor plans or yeah and then you're like maybe I haven't I've just been in this house (laughs) yes they all have we finally found a house we really liked and I think there was a point where we had looked at so many homes that it, we we liked it, and then we decided we were going to make an offer. And when you decide to make an offer, I think a little piece of your brain shuts off that you, you think, I need to win this. And to me, again, <laughs> your heart to, is set on it. Yeah, you're right? like, okay, yes. we're buying a house, and it's yes. such a big purchase that you yes. walk in with a, I'm going to buy this, and it's going to be okay. And Again, 2004 being the height of a lot of things, eBay was really big. And so like, it felt like trying to win, right? You're winning yeah, a bidding war. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a point on eBay where you no longer want the thing, but you, you want to win. You want to win. <laughs> and so we put an offer in on a house between Central and Warren. So not that, that stretch is a busy stretch, but we, no, it's great. It's in the avenues. And the entire house is covered in shag carpeting. And we, we go down into the basement, and the basement's shag carpeting is black and white and orange, and it will it, it made us dizzy, like, as we went down the Aww. stairs. And we're like, no, it's fine. And it was it was over our budget. But we're still doing the, no, it's fine. We'll, we'll pay full price, and we'll still be able to afford carpet. And that, that's not a, that was not a true statement. And the realtor, the, the other couple would not back down they were retired they were like all this stuff would not come down on price and we're trying to explain we're going to need to replace mm-hmm. all of this shag carpeting nope like, you're like the shag carpeting's lovely why don't you like yeah. it it's, in, it's, <laughs> it's worked for us yes. you yes. don't need, need to sure. replace it yeah. it's in good shape yeah yeah it's in good shape it yeah. even, i even remember that house had a telephone in the bathroom oh <laughs> like, my gosh yeah. yes and so we ended up having to walk away. It was it was over over what we had. We knew it there was that moment where you realize you still need to eat. You still need mm-hmm. to be able to put gas in your car. Uh, even again, thinking back like the gas was oh my gosh, it was $2 a gallon and it was so expensive. Um, right? <laughs> yes. But well, and we were just talking about that with one of our um, interviews yesterday that just because you're um, you know, qualified for a certain number doesn't mean you're comfortable with that number. You want to have walking around money. You got to be able to still live and have a lifestyle and not just have it all wrapped up in your house. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We, um, 
we kind of cooled off there mm-hmm. and then but I was still looking online I was still just looking at what else was out there and we found a house up by Frontier Park and I I liked what I could see online so without a realtor we went up and because I'd been on the market for so long we knew that it was empty that the pictures didn't show any furniture so we went and, and peeked in the windows yeah <laughs> which is everybody's favorite way to go real estate shopping <laughs> or car shopping yeah go on a Sunday when no one can bother you peek in the windows when no one convince you that the floor plan is fine just you'll get used to it so, right <laughs> We did. We were looking over the fence in the backyard, and we decided we wanted to go see it. So we, we let her know. We, we want to go see one more house. And we get it in there, and it's got everything we want. Mm-hmm. It's got some kind of bonus things. It has a hot tub in the back that no one's sure if it works or not. And we do that. Well, it's got a hot tub. This will be great. Yeah. The hot tub did not work. Oh, we ended sure. up ended up uh, free cycling it and... Uh, some Air Force folks showed up to use it as like the trade-in mm-hmm. on get into hot tub, but um, it was really overwhelming. I think that's the kicker is, um, and I even in thinking back on it, I I don't felt feel like we were that grown up. Like it felt it, yeah. because we were in our twenties, it felt like playing pretend until that moment that you sit in the title office and sign and you initial over and over Mm -hmm. and over. And it was, it was really intense and they hand like we had, they handed us the key and it kind of felt like, Oh no, what have we done? (laughs) Sure. And again, we were just engaged. We weren't married. And so then that put extra pressure. Like if you want to add, I, in that year, I started a new job. We bought a house. We got married. I started grad school. And um, because my darling child is a honeymoon baby, oh. like, I'm surprised I still had hair. <laughs> yeah, sure. That was a lot of major life changes there in was one year. So much happening. Yep. So we locked in on a 30 year mortgage, just like everyone Everybody does. Else. And luckily, not an adjustable rate mortgage. It wasn't, it was a good percentage um, at that time. And we just kind of, I think we, we hit the like, okay, and that's it. And now we're just going to pay this for 30 years. Okay. And we, it almost felt like we checked the box on it in that kind sure. of, okay, adult thing done. So, um, I know I can, because I can see the board, the, <laughs> the kicker for us is, well, it was just a bonus. Of it's a I bonus. <laughs> it's cool. Cause you did something that a lot of people don't do. Yeah. So it's, it's not 30 years later and our house is totally paid off. Wow. And that is such a good feeling. I, and I think when you're in your twenties and someone says 30 years and you think about, I'm going to be in my fifties and it just, mm-hmm. it feels like a weight around your neck, even though you now own a home and you're building equity and you're doing all these things. It is, it is just this behemoth to the side. So where we, where we lucked out um, in this, because it, it does to a certain degree feel lucky um, from time to time, is when, when the mortgage industry collapsed in on itself, right? Um, probably in 2010 is when they started to try to refinance a bunch of people's mortgages 
and Wells Fargo was who held our mortgage and they kept sending us refinance and everybody was trying to get everyone to refinance. And finally, Wells Fargo sent us a packet that was just, if you sign this, we'll refinance your mortgage. And so we looked at it and the interest rate was lower and it was going to lock us into a 15 year mortgage and the oh. amount was, was great. And so we kind of looked at it as, okay, yeah. but because, because they don't teach you about mortgages in school and because you don't, nobody's sitting around talking about mortgages, it's, it felt dangerous and there's no reason that it should have felt dangerous, but it still feels like this is my, the largest asset we own. This is the largest amount of money we're dealing with and we're about to change something with it. And yeah, if we change it, do we, can we go, can we get our 30 year mortgage back? And it's such a weird, a weird feeling, but it yep. is, it was scary. And so we, we do this 15 year mortgage because we think we can, we've both promoted in jobs. So we're like, we'll just get a little more in. And then we started doing the bi-monthly payment. Yeah. And so it again, felt like voodoo, even though we're both engineers, very much so the, I don't know how this works, that it's an extra month, but okay, let's, but let's sounds do. good. What sounds good. <laughs> how does this come out to be 13 payments? I don't know. Yeah. Us sitting if you in- say so. Sitting in Wells Fargo was like, but what do you mean that we like? Okay, cool. Let's let's do that. And so we we just it we said it and went with it. And um, really, at the end, I do have to acknowledge because generational wealth is a huge thing when we're talking about large purchases. That um, my in laws really they um, they have a number of investments. They needed to offload some cash uh, two years ago so they didn't get hit. And so they gave us $10,000 and that to me, I, I'm not a crier. I nearly cried because I realized opening that Christmas card, holding that check that we were going to be able to pay off our mortgage six months from then. Wow. Instead of what was going to be, we were slated for May of 24 and we were able to pay it off in May of 2022. That's so exciting. It was so exciting. But I think back that not only did we have a mortgage when we purchased our first home, we also instantly had a home equity line of credit because we had zero down payment, but they were selling houses to anyone. Mm-hmm. So we went ahead and financed the house and we financed the down payment. I think we put yes. 800 bucks into buying a house. Yes. Which I look back on now and I'm like, who, what were the banks doing? Like I look at, looking at it now, I wouldn't yep. have given us that money. It paid off, but it was a matter of, we had two mortgages and we did that with our first home too. We, WCDA, it was WCDA at the time. And this was 1997 or 1998, I believe when we first did it and exact same thing, you, you financed your down payment and it is weird. It is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, because we had been, I think if anything growing up, even though people weren't talking about mortgages, you knew that a second mortgage was a bad thing. Yep. Right. It showed up in TV shows and it showed up in movies as, Oh, we're going to have to get a second mortgage on the home. Right. And we were starting from zero with a second mortgage on the home. Yes. I didn't know what, I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it was bad. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, um, when we were able to pay off that second mortgage, we started just trying to dump money into that primary mortgage. And that's where we lucked out. 
every once in a while. It, that money goes into a separate house account and it's kind of an unseen account and we just let it do its thing and we realized that it was it was building up. So we made some extra payments along the way of just, okay. But again, because um, because neither of us, our childhoods didn't, weren't, they were, they were fine. We were provided for, but financially it wasn't, um, there it wasn't, wasn't a lot right. of freedom there. Yeah. yeah. And so it did feel, it, it felt dangerous of, okay, well, we've got money if something happens, but do we give that up towards this mortgage? And again, it's, mm-hmm. it's been a beautiful place to be, but I think it's difficult if you don't have those role models, if you don't have those people that, Plenty of my friends have purchased homes and it was no big deal because their parents had purchased homes and they, they weren't around when their parents purchased homes. But I think if you witnessed your parents going through that process and what it took, it takes on a little more gravity and mm-hmm. you do assign more emotion to mm-hmm. it than, than just, oh yes, we buy homes. And again, that generational wealth mm-hmm. kind of thought of we buy homes, that's what we do. Sure. Not like you guys all buy homes. But. No, but I, think that I really do think it's a good point to bring up because I think that sometimes, well, especially being like in this career field, you do, you're like, you buy a home and we just think it's not that big. I mean, it is a big deal. We think it's a big deal, but it, like you're saying, it's to some people, it's even bigger deal because yeah, they don't even know someone who's bought a home or their parents didn't own a home. There's plenty of people that have lived in an apartment you know, their entire childhood or in a mobile home or whatever the case is. And so I think you're absolutely right, especially if you're a first generation home buyer, it is a nerve wracking process. And you're kind of like, and even just getting started, I think that going to meet with the bank is a vulnerable, right? It feels very vulnerable to do that. And sort of you're exposing all the decisions you've ever made in your life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And you're like, they're judging me. me. Yes. It, they're not. They're not, but it feels that way. It yes. It absolutely does. It's, yes. uh, uh, have you been the good kind of terrible with money? And yes. can you, do we trust you with more? And that, I think yeah. that's really the instance with um, our friend Billy, where yeah. he went to, to try to pre-qualify for a mortgage, but because he's always paid cash for everything, mm-hmm. he has zero credit. And so right. he was very disgruntled. He's like, I have to show that I need to borrow money which makes no sense right yeah so um but it is it is a matter of having someone there for you that will walk you through and i do think it it is finding someone you trust in that home buying process to get that feeling of okay they're not trying to maximize their commission they're not trying to lead me Mm -hmm. somewhere crazy um the for as much as i said our realtor um took us to a development that I didn't want to go to there were plenty of houses that we walked into where she said you you don't want this house mm-hmm. and she was looking after you she absolutely was looking after yes. us and we do not want this house and we'd we'd walk back out and it's it is it is one of those things where I think the mortgage industry I think real estate that for for most of us, we know you guys, again, through TV characters and movie characters. And so there was, for us, it was, do I trust this person with 
$175,000. Well, because I, because there is sort of a stigma out there around realtors, right? And whether, and not all realtors, but I think just like with every profession, there's the few that uh, maybe do um, operate in a way that isn't always in the best interest of their client. Now, I most do most do care and most are trying really hard but there's just like with police officers for example you know um police officers across the country can have a bad rap which is really unfortunate because 95 percent of them are really terrific people really out there with a servant's heart trying to do all the right things and i think it's the same thing with realtors but i do think you're right you know whether it's the on tv or whatever you hear a bad story and it's just you wonder can i trust this police officer can i trust this realtor can i trust you know whomever because you're putting your your life in their hands absolutely <laughs> yep and it is i mean it's a decision that could destroy so much of i mean i i've know someone that went through a really bad divorce and in that their ex-husband now um, just stopped paying the mortgage and that meant she had zero credit, credit. Mm-hmm. and then you're trying to even... and especially when you go into that with someone else yeah they can do that to you and yeah it's all of it's all of it's so scary but it ended up it, truly we had to laugh that we we paid off the house and we didn't we did want to do a big payment. We wanted to make sure we had some savings in what we call the house account. And sure enough, uh, we paid it off in May and mid-month. And by the end of the month, the hot water heater rusted <laughs> yes. out. So we're like, okay, well, we've got, and we kind of had that moment of, ooh, we've got, we're, we can just go buy a hot water heater. <laughs> that's, that's such You're a big thing because thing. we did scrape for so long to, pay the mortgage, pay, right? Get all of those things handled that it does. It feels very, um, I don't know. It shouldn't feel so free. So, yeah. Bougie to like, <laughs> bougie. Per- purchase like, a hot have money for a hot water heater. <laughs> yeah. We've got that I'm hot, to buy water a hot water heater. heater. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not even stressed out. Nope. Just buying a new one. Yeah. Well, and then that July, our fridge died. <laughs> so we kind of did that. Okay. Cause we did. We're like, okay. The minute we pay off the house, that's, something it happens i i remember (laughs) i I paid off a car once and literally i paid it off i was so happy in that same week i'm just driving down the road the rear view mirror just falls off (laughs) and i'm like oh so now it's just gonna fall apart of course. That's absolutely it. But I think to speak to what you're saying about having a mentor or a guide, that's one of the reasons why we started the podcast here is that you can watch a video that says, here's the steps you need to follow to purchase a home, right? And that's correct. These are the steps you need to purchase a home. And these are the people that you need to work with. But to hear somebody else's experience of going through it, that's what we are looking for with this with with just sitting down here with you today because what we want for our listeners whether it's somebody that's never been a part of a home buying process and they they want to make that leap and start it for the first time or if somebody wants to purchase us like own two properties and what that looks like or buying a vacation home or a business or mm-hmm. whatever the case is if you're the first person in your family or you don't have anybody immediately around you to do that then you wonder is this normal is do am i am i supposed to be feeling this way like what what happens now and so 
I'm really glad to have you on today because that's exactly what I think we're hoping to accomplish with this is just hearing these everyday stories and learning from you, right? And what you went through. And I love that you are so like diligent in terms of saving and learning, you know, is this okay? Are we supposed to be doing it this way? You know, having the money set aside, you were very meticulous, which I don't know if everyone always is, just like what Lindy was just saying. Do you think so. that's like your personality or why do you think, where did you get that? <clears throat> um, were you taught that or? Yeah. My dad, I joke that my dad has been an old man since he had to have been Was born. young. <laughs> yeah. And so oh. my dad is a very matter of fact kind of guy from Ohio, full of dad jokes, don't get me wrong, yeah. um, but very much so a be sure to be sure to save for this. I also because because of my parents' experience, I was able to watch kind of some of those um, those hurdles that they went over and some some kind of missteps that they had. Right. That, sure. Um, living in military housing doesn't mean that you can't also be saving that money along there. And um, seeing that meant like okay, well. If I have some money, I need to set it aside because there won't always, won't necessarily always be this money. Right. I think is the kind of the key there. So, probably a little bit of my my dad is a sensible mm-hmm. guy. Um, my mother is uh, not a sensible woman, <laughs> and so uh, we always joke that my rebellion in high school was that I showed up to class, I got good grades. <laughs> that's I was going to be different than my mom. But it is a matter. <laughs> it is a matter of. I, I am a, because I'm an engineer, we tend to be a pretty sensible kind of gang. Sure, yes. And um, because we're surrounded by my, working at YDOT, I started in 2002, and at that point, it, they figured out that I think 30% of the workforce was going to be eligible for retirement in five to 10 years. That meant that I had I all of these men, just mostly men, who were desperate to dispense wisdom upon me. And <laughs> it was a little like having 20 to 30 dads at some points because oh. their kids had grown up yeah. and their kids may have had a misstep of their own. And so there were plenty of times where I ended up being like someone's other kid to to, tell. to give advice to. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> as we get older, that's what we want to do, right? <laughs> we absolutely do. This is yeah. this is me now. Like, I realize that I'm that person in the office now. Like, like, would you like some advice, advice. on that? <laughs> well, if you're thinking of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think also for us, because we realized my husband's father had uh, worked at a coal mine, and they were union, and he remembers very vividly the year that his father was on strike. And that's a whole year of not pulling in any income. And his mother was a teacher, so there was income there, but not huge income. And I think both of us still recall things like um, Kmart shoes mm-hmm. and how your Kmart shoes would only last for so long. for like two months. And then my mom would uh, duct tape because they would break. They weren't rubber, and so the soles would break, and so sometimes they'd be duct tape, or sometimes she'd use that shoe goo stuff and just make a new sole on the bottom of my very cheap Kmart shoe. And I don't think you ever shake your Kmart shoes. And so because we knew we didn't have all of the financial information that we may have 
been brought up with if we had different financial situations. Um, things like the house account are money that, it's money that we can't easily touch. And that is absolutely because when you live, when you live paycheck to paycheck, it is very easy to see money, spend money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we recognize that we needed to make that money impossible Not to, to touch. see. Right. Yep. And so it is the house account. It's just, it gets pulled straight out of it's our... This obscure place yeah. somewhere over here. <laughs> it's, at, it's at the very lovely people at my Hyatt Credit Union. Yeah. Have the house account. I have no idea how to... I, mean, I could walk in and get money from that, but I would have to walk in. We don't we don't maintain any debit Online card on access. It. And that's yeah. good to never cross that line because once you do that, then you're like, like oh, I'm just going to take $500 from the house account. You can't do that. Yeah. Or... Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. It becomes a habit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was that was huge for us. I think it was recognizing where we needed to put in kind of boundaries for mm -hmm. ourselves. Because it is. It is a matter. I never see that money. It goes straight out of my check, straight into that account. That is nice that employers provide that too, yeah. that you can do a direct deposit into more than one account that affords you that. It is nice. I Absolutely. would agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Christina also, um, she does a lot of things, makes her own clothes, She's yeah. like, she's, I don't know, you're just very resourceful. <laughs> You've taught yourself a lot of things. It was, I think it was a matter of growing up, my mom made most of my clothes and again, the Kmart shoes, all of that. Mm -hmm. I think the bonus here is I'm an only child and so I spent a lot of time alone <laughs> and yeah. um, you learn to entertain yourself. So yeah, yes. my... My entertainment bar is set way low. I am super humored <laughs> by a bunch of things. But it is a matter of, yeah, things like like sewing. Well, like, yeah, you like realize that, I mean, I watch you and I'm like, I go buy something. I'm like, that's, you show a skirt and then you're like, I could buy this for $200 or I could make I can it. Make or, it. And she does. Yes. Yeah, I totally, that's the, um, I think, and I do think that's a little bit of my childhood, the, um, well, again, because now I'm getting into that age where I have to be like, when I was a child, um, when the JC Penney's catalog, Christmas catalog yes, show I remember up, that, that three inch honker oh, of yeah. the catalog. And mm -hmm. it was, you would just dream and you'd fold over corners yes, and you'd yep. want things and you weren't going to buy them. If you wanted those things, you were going to have to make them. And so that still sticks with me of, I want that. And I can't, like now I can buy it, but there's plenty of times where it's, let's see, let's see if I can make it. It's almost it. a challenge, yeah, right? I think yeah, it's I awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. It's, yeah. Sometimes my husband's like, oh my God, more fabric. What are up. you making? <laughs> yeah. More fabric is <laughs> showing up. More fabric showed up. But <laughs> <laughs> I came downstairs. So the $200 skirt, it was, it was actually a $300 skirt. Anthropology um, sold a puffer skirt, like the, like a ski jacket puffer $300 and it's huge. It's like a ball gown skirt. I was like, Ooh, I was like, I, I want that. And so I, I made it in a silver puffer and he was gone for the week. He frequently, my husband and son will go ice fishing or hunting. And so when they got home, I was just sitting on the couch in my gigantic silver <laughs> puffer skirt. skirt. <laughs> and he's like, what happened? <laughs> My my first words were to him were it has pockets. He's like, That's well, of well. course, of course it has pockets. <laughs> like it's it's very. And functional. if you'd have purchased it, it probably would not have had it pockets. Did not. No. no. So that's the that's the benefit Sh of that. Shame on anthropology. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um. So what is um, 
one piece of advice that you would give a listener who wants to walk a journey similar to yours? So I had to think a lot about this one. And really the, the thing that I, it came down to for me is there's never going to be a perfect time to buy a house. And looking back on it, that's right. I've had to do the, the deep dive and thinking about it. And I didn't, I didn't feel like an adult then. I can't tell you that I felt like an adult in my 30s. I can't even really tell you that I feel like an adult at this point in my life. And so if I had waited until I felt grown up enough to do what seemed our adult things, purchasing a home, mm-hmm. right, <clears throat> starting a savings account, all of that kind of stuff, we we wouldn't be, we would still be renting. Is yeah. So it is a matter of, you may not feel ready, but find find those people who will support you and watch out for you and you will be ready. And the, I, as much as we were doing, as I was thinking about it and thinking like, oh gosh, we, we weren't ready for that. Well, but a bank thought we were ready and yeah. our real estate agent thought we were ready. Yep. And again, totally acknowledging that in 2004, the banks thought that everybody ready. was ready. Yeah. But it was a matter of, I've watched my other friends have done it as single women that have purchased homes and just you dive in and you make the purchase and it becomes home and somewhere along the line it feels less like playing grown up and you are a grown up. Oh. And that's absolutely something that I wish someone have would have just told. 23-year-old, 24-year-old mm-hmm. me of, this is going to be okay. It's a really huge purchase, but you're But gonna... it's like the best thing you're going to do. <laughs> Absolutely is that you will reach potentially your 40s, um, your 50s, and have this asset and this place to, to be. I think when we paid off our house, it was one of the things that really just hit me and it it was it as much as it's a very freeing kind of it's paid off there were so many things that had always been tied to that right the thought that you could lose your home through your actions Mm -hmm. and there have been any number of homes in our neighborhood that have been have had to go back to the bank Mm -hmm. I was like, repossess? Yeah. I'm like, you do not repossess a house. They just hook it up in the middle of the night. Right? Drag it off. Pull that off. Yeah. yeah. We're closed. <laughs> so it, it is one of those things where we had that moment of, okay, if, if we found ourselves not, not being able to be in this home, it's natural disaster or something really went wrong. And that's it's a good feeling to know that it's your house and mm-hmm. that it's not Wells Fargo on on the mortgage anymore. And even um, it was little things like when Allstate sent us our first renewal and we had to write them a three thousand right. dollar check. <laughs> like you're like, because we oh. we own the house. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Same thing with um, the taxes, our property taxes that you just kind of always and came out of that escrow account. Yeah. The last few years as we were starting, I was like, okay, when we pay it off, we need to know how much this is and how it works. And, and so it is, it's kind of exciting. I feel, I then feel like the minute that we paid off the house is suddenly the moment that I feel like I'm in my sixties and like, oh, well, I'm a person who pays property taxes (laughs) straight to the county. (laughs) (laughs) And, but at the same time, it's, it is one of those things that if I had to go back and tell myself, 
Like, it's going to be okay. And I think that's great because we have a lot of young buyers and some, like we've talked about, mm-hmm. some of them don't think they can Could buy ever a buy a house. Yeah. And they can. They can buy a house. And actually, I mean, statistically, when you, both of us come from sort of social service backgrounds and you think about the aspect of child welfare, for example, uh, children that grow, grow up in a home, the same home, or in a home where the parents purchased it, the likelihood of stability it's just higher. It just is. Like you are doing so much more for your children by purchasing a home and, you know, kind of going like starting to become an adult, right? And maturing through that process, owning a home, maintaining that home. The one of the, um, we just had Kevin on here a little bit talking about, you know, working with young first time home buyers and helping them understand maintaining their home and the whole thing. It's all, going to make your life better and your children's lives better moving forward you're giving you know you're kind of giving everybody that leap forward to go further in life you know I I do think that's the that was a big difference between my husband and I was I had lived in a bunch of different places Mm -hmm. before my parents bought their home and he had only remembers living in one One. house Mm -hmm. his entire life and so when we were looking at homes I was fully Let's get a starter home yeah. and we'll just, we'll get something, we'll fix it up and then we'll upgrade. And he could not he was like, wrap no, his we head buy around one that. home and we stay there. <laughs> you buy your house and that's your house. And I'm, in retrospect, I'm glad that's what we yeah. did, that the thought of packing up our house, especially now, <laughs> um, seems overwhelming. But it was a difference to me that I, I mean, as a kid, we'd lived in a, we lived in three different apartments before we moved here. Yep. We, we lived in temporary housing. We lived in base housing. And it is, I do think, I something I really, this is, this might be a little dark, but um, like, as I was thinking about all the places that I've lived, I thought about my kid has never had to worry about making sure he packed up all of his stuff. I remember we, we lost a number of things in our military move here. Boxes just disappeared yeah they're gone and they were toys and it's one of those things where as a third grader moving all the way across the country like yes it's stuff but it's your stuff and Mm -hmm. I thought yeah absolutely he's never had that moment of pack up all of your stuff we're moving and I'm glad we were able to provide that for him Him? Mm -hmm. I don't get me wrong being a military kid um, for all of its all of its disadvantages that I still, I have friends all over the nation. Yeah, and sure. We there's stayed. some benefits. There's absolute yes. benefits to it. Yep. But um, I'm glad that we've been able to provide more of my husband's upbringing of this is your home. And this is going to be your home. This is going to be your home. And we're, as we're, we've applied to college and it feels like a very we kind of thing that um, my son will graduate and his planning to head over to Laramie in the fall and knowing that he'll return home yep. for Christmas and for yep. break. And he knows, he knows where that is and he's comfortable is, is a huge thing. It's and for absolutely. you too, probably, right? Oh. Like there's something about the mom heart yes. that your children come back to their bedroom, to their house, you know, the place that they've grown up yes. and, and they know it's there. 
right? Like it's kind of like the rubber band effect. You're here. They're going to come out here. They're going to come back. They're going to come out here and they're going to come back. And there's some comfort when our kids leave the nest that we're still the nest, you know, we're still there for them to come back to. Absolutely. Yep. I completely agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. I moved around a little bit too in my elementary years and there's some, you're right. There's benefits such as meeting new people, different cultures, the whole thing. Um, but there is some anxiety or there was for me about changing schools, forming new friends, having different bedrooms. Like you say, if you lose things in the moving process, you know, there's some, for me, I developed some anxiety through some of that for sure. So it's sort of a double-edged sword, I think. It absolutely is. Mm -hmm. And I still to this day, so where St. Mary's Elementary School is now, used to have a different elementary school there, Corlett Elementary School, which I think was built probably in 1904. And I still, I can still see the day in my mind that my mother dropped me off for the first day of school there. Yes. And she gave me a hard time because I told her, I told the story one time. I said, I said, I didn't want to get out of the car. And you said, just go. And she's like, Christina, that is not how that went. But um, I did. <laughs> I remember it my way. Right? That's, I, I know. That's how I felt. Yeah. I remember it differently. She was like, you got like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Like kicked me out of the car. And I remember sitting on the steps of that school. I can see it in my mind. And eventually, yep. again, I... I picked up friends and I... Mm-hmm. You were okay. Um, I was okay, but it's huge. And it is, you do carry that with you mm-hmm. um, throughout your childhood. And even, um, you know, as a military, former military brat, I admit that when someone says that they're moving or they're leaving, I cut them off very, like, it's yeah. such a... It's, di- you, it's yeah. You've, okay. like, learned to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're gone. They just, they don't exist anymore. And that's a, and I feel really badly because when someone's like, well, we're moving, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hi. Adios. Yeah. I'll find you on Facebook. So that's the great thing about Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it is, it is a matter of, of being able to having my own home, I think is the other thing is not having to think about where are we renting, where are we going to land, all that good stuff. And working for YDOT, we are we have a lot of those military traits where we have offices across Mm -hmm. the state and as people promote, they have to move to Cheyenne and that can be scary. So I have to, I call on my old military kid background of, okay, you're moving here from basin. We're going to help you. This is the grocery store. This is, and being those people for, for folks moving into Cheyenne, recognizing that yes, if you're from Newcastle or you're from Rollins that, it's a much different, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and um, I've worked a little bit around the state as well, and I understand that Cheyenne is considered the big city, is. which is really funny to me because if you've ever lived in a really big city, Cheyenne is not a big city. But compared to Basin or Newcastle or, you know, Riverton or any of those, you know, smaller, less than 10,000 people towns, Cheyenne with its... 100,000 population in Laramie County, it's a, it's a big adjustment. So it is absolutely. You gotta, you gotta warm everybody up to that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, since we're talking about other places, I guess I'll ask you our last question. Um, If you could purchase a property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? This one got me because I knew for (laughs) sure my husband would absolutely just purchase a cabin over Saratoga Riverside. And I'd be happy because he is a country kid. 
And so he's from the northern part of the state and he still lives a little like a country kid. So I've got my car lives outside so that a side by side and an ice house oh. and like all of his like what would go out into the outbuilding are all in like, your garage. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, our our house has a single car garage and a two car garage and zero of our daily drivers live in garages. <laughs> There's a, a perfectly lovely Mustang fastback that lives in the single car garage. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you got his attention over there. Yeah. So absolutely. This is one of those where I would love to have a place for him to have all his outdoor mm-hmm. stuff, everything. But I, I got, I thought of all these places and then this is where I have to admit that uh, I'm a definitely a Disney nerd. And so I was Aww. like, if I could own a house anywhere, I would totally have a house in Anaheim. I would pay through the nose on taxes and everything else. But then we would just I would, be at Disney every I'd day. Go, I'd go to Disneyland or <laughs> when when we see things like snow is moving in here, I would just go. Gotta go. Like, I'm going to be in Southern California for a little bit. We'll see you guys later. I'm going to sit. And even though Southern California gets cool in the winter, it sure. doesn't it doesn't get Wyoming. So, yeah, yeah I think I think probably I would I I like Southern California oh, to, a like certain, that. to a certain degree. And yeah, I think that's one of those. So I chose both sides of the, yes, of the spectrum, yes, my beach husband, and mountains. Yes, my husband would like a field with nothing. And I'm going to the people. Uh, well saratoga is really wonderful as well so i could totally and all right on the river just like that i have a um a colleague that lives um right on the river and it's just amazing to be over there so i would agree saratoga is beautiful i'm probably much more likely to own a second home in saratoga than i ever will well, because it's maybe more accessible, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could get to Saratoga whenever you wanted, right? right? Compared to Southern California, although I could see the benefit of Southern California too. The so. Saratoga home would mean that, again, I wouldn't have to scrape my windshield. So very enticing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being yes, on today. You. I thank love you. your story. And again, the diligence of paying your home off. That's just awesome. Yes, so, it is. Congratulations. Yeah, yes, thank congratulations. You. Thank you. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, we'll take a picture. Yeah. This episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.